Welcome back to episode 32 of the Blockrunner podcast. If this is the first time you're listening, we discuss the latest developments in cryptocurrency while attempt to make this technology relatable to you. You can watch this podcast on our YouTube channel to follow along with our discussion. As always, I'm your host, William, talking with your co-host, Iman. Today, we bring you a special guest who is passionate about the creation of a unique analytical tool joining crowdsourced predictions with that of artificial intelligence, a technology they are calling hybrid intelligence. He is responsible for development and implementation of new trading strategies and is a chief investment officer at Syndicator. We bring you Nadari to the podcast. Make sure you listen all the way through the episode to catch the debrief at the end. All right, let's listen in. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate it. Thank you uh, for taking the time out and joining us and talking about Syndicator. But before we talk about Syndicator, I want to kind of get, get right into it. And I want to know a little bit about your background. Uh, I want to understand like how you got into uh, finance and and you have a couple of different financial degrees. Like what 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 fascinates you about finance? Yeah, you know, um, the most fascinating thing for me is that trading and finance is basically an intellectual game. Right. So uh, you have to be the smartest one and usually the fastest one to uh, to win in this game. And for me, being somewhere in, in Russia, in Moscow and playing uh, this game with the best minds in the world. This is just so cool. Um, I, also, I love the fact that uh, you need to be a polymath, uh, understand different uh, industries, different markets, and learn very quickly uh, to be uh, to be successful in this game. Uh, for example, I've been trading different political situations, like conflict in Eastern Ukraine, like Greece and Eurozone um, discussions in 2015. Uh, Brexit, etc., uh, etc., et mm-hmm. and to be pro- profitable, you basically you have to know who is, for example, Mr. Varoufakis, and what are Greeks media that are pro Eurozone and against Eurozone, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And also, uh, I would say that I really love some rare and stunning uh, market reactions and price moves. Uh, for example, the day when it became clear that Donald Trump has won uh, U.S. Okay. presidential elections. Yeah. Uh, futures on S five hundred quickly dropped uh, about five percent, and uh, which is a huge reaction for uh, U.S. stock market. And they, uh, in a few hours, the market realized that okay, uh, maybe it's not that bad. Uh, he will introduce some tax reform, et cetera, et cetera. And price started recovering. Mm-hmm. It went up all the move, uh, all the move down, uh, all the move up. And it actually closed above the previous day close. So th- this is just stunning. Every time I see it, I am really happy. Sure, sure. Uh, it's funny you brought up uh, Donald Trump. We were just chatting earlier and we were wondering how did the russians interfere with the american elections <laughs> uh, let, let me have a quick call with my yeah right Vladimir and <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's 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 actually a topic that keeps getting t- thrown around here in the united states and uh with with you know, there's some evidence, but there's there's not definitive proof. And, you know, there's also talk that, you know, United States is also interfering with other elections, too. So it's it's uh, it's as you can imagine with Donald Trump is quite a mess over here. Um, yeah. When it comes to Donald Trump, there, there's 
because we're going to get into what Syndicator is. It's a predictive uh, analytical tool right. at the end of the day. Something like Donald Trump's tweets have so much power on the on the volatility of the market these That's days. That's true. So like, how can you account for that in any kind of you know predictive? Uh, I think it's just un- unpredictable. Yeah. I think it's unpredictable. Like black swan events. There's no, like, <laughs> you can't. There's no way like you could uh, input all the data from Trump's tweets and like, <laughs> cook out some kind of algorithm like Trump is such and such percentage likely to tweet something, you know, this yeah. day. I don't think so, right? We're not there yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I actually heard about some guys who are analyzing Trump's tweets, so yeah. this may be a strategy. But you can predict them, but you can trade them. Oh, uh, big time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so <clears throat> I want to hear about the first time you heard about cryptocurrency. So what what your thoughts when you first heard about it? How long did it take you to get involved? Yeah. Uh, for the first time, I've heard about... Um, Bitcoin in early 2012 uh, in some email where Bitcoin was presented as a new uh, virtual internet currency. And, you know, I remember that uh, there were speculative sides even back then in, in, in this email because after of this email uh, was amazed that Bitcoin was jumped from a few dollars to six dollars as far as I remember and he was predicting that it will jump to ten dollars. Uh, but professionally, uh, like I started working in crypto uh, in crypto industry with my company Syndicator in early 2017. Mm-hmm. We had uh, some pilots project with uh, now famous crypto funds, and we were sending them indicators on Bitcoin uh, on Ethereum. And in a few months, uh, we have decided to tokenize our ecosystem and make a token sale. So this is when it started. And okay. one more interesting thing about it: uh, we actually started thinking about uh, issuing our own currency uh, before it became mainstream. Uh, we started thinking about it in the second half of 2016. Uh, and um, we were discussing like preliminary ideas around it. But I should admit that uh, we actually had no idea how it eventually will look like. Mm, okay. Yeah, because the ICO mania didn't really happen until the second half of 2017. So you're you pretty much had a year head start before everybody is what you're saying. Um, what what why did you come to that conclusion? Like why your business model should be centered around you know issuing a token? Uh, because there are other products out there. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not too like uh, well educated on the um, AI predictive analytical space, but there has to be like non blockchain versions of this, correct? Because uh, from what I understand, algorithmic trading has been like mm-hmm. very prevalent in you know traditional equity markets. Um, so yeah, what's the big difference that separates what you guys are doing uh, and what's been done historically? Yeah, you know, uh, we we are decided to uh, issue our own token because we decided to build like ecosystem when uh, some people we call it we call them forecaster or decentralized analyst can submit their uh, predictions, their forecasts about the market. So basically, uh, provide their inter- intellect as like their, their intellectual contribution to this ecosystem, and get re- rewarded by uh, by profit that uh, this ecosystem will generate on the financial market. Yeah. So yeah, traders use indicators and insights from this analyst and mm. uh, send basically send rewards to to analysts. So. Yeah, we decided that it may be interesting case to build this this system. Okay, so that makes sense. So essentially, your coin is is sort of to support an ecosystem rather than just provide a a product to a community and they just pay for that product. 
Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. Yeah. So in essence, it's like yeah. the syndicator token is is the incentive for the uh, for the community, the community to provide. Because we should probably explain what syndicator is. Yeah, and, and we'll get into in, yeah. in a couple of questions here. So uh, before we get into a uh, uh, syndicator, I want to dive into a little bit more Bitcoin stuff. So Nodari, your thoughts on Bitcoin and whether or not you think it's it could become uh, represent the world reserve currency in the future. Any thoughts around that? Yeah, that's great and hard question. Uh, I think there is such a probability, but um, in my opinion, politically, it may be not so not so easy for central banks to include Bitcoin in uh, in their reserves because it's uh, Bitcoin is actually kind of centralized at some point because I mean. Uh, a huge part of Bitcoin money power is uh, located in, in China, so I think it may 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 be some concern for uh, central banks. But uh, on the other uh, on the other hand, Bitcoin uh, is uncorrelated with uh, major uh, types of assets, traditional assets. Right. So uh, yeah, so I think it makes sense from financial perspective to allocate a small portion of uh, their um, portfolio in Bitcoin. Or other cryptocurrencies, and actually, I do think that there is a probability that uh, several countries will create their own cryptocurrency for international payments. Definitely, I think it may, yeah, it may it may it may be a great idea to save uh, huge costs uh, for international payments, etc. Uh, I think it also would be probably cheaper for central banks and governments to create their own coin than to use Bitcoin because of his history which is both good and both uh, bad for yeah. central banks. And I wonder, yeah. uh, once countries start developing their own cryptocurrency, I wonder if the people would start using it instead of uh, a coin that's not owned by a particular country like Bitcoin. I, I think ultimately the adoption is going to uh, it's going to depend on what people decide to use. Like, for example, like Mark Zuckerberg is in Congress right now discussing Libra. And so we were just listening to it for a few minutes before we got on this call and they were asking him questions that, you know, clearly identifies that they don't understand what Libra is and cryptocurrencies and all that. So it's once countries develop their own cryptocurrency, I wonder, you know, what how that's going to differ than the standard fiat currency. Um, but, you know, that's that's more of like a rhetorical question because we haven't really seen a a. I think the only country coin we've seen was the Petro, right? Yeah, yeah. That's so far so, the only, and it's and it's failed, right? That's a great, great example. Like, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> not that's not the greatest example, right? <laughs> um, so uh, I, I guess to follow up on on the Bitcoin is like, do you believe the world will transition to cryptocurrencies as a better alternative to fiat, or are we going to battle crypto versus fiat for the next foreseeable future? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think um, I agree with that there may be some initiatives that could bring uh, people's attention to cryptocurrencies, except uh, like government-based initiatives. So, for example, uh, uh, like uh, Bitcoin and Libra, uh, if it will launch or Telegram, they already have a huge global audience. So, true, they may in fact quickly replace fiat currencies for international and um, local payments, at least peer-to-peer payments. And after that, I, I think it would be hard for uh, central banks to stop it. So they have to adjust to these new conditions. 
Mm, yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, uh, we, Iron Man and I talk about this all the time. It's like whether or not cryptocurrencies is really going to supplant, you know, any fiat alternative simply because, you know, you know, we believe that cryptocurrencies really help level the playing field for everybody involved. And and since cryptocurrencies are not controlled by any one individual, um, there's a lot more trust um, between the community or the people and their countries. Uh, kind of like, I don't know if you were following back in uh, 2008 when uh, essentially the United States printed $4 trillion to bail out the banks, right? And yeah. that, you know, it didn't do anything to stimulate the economy then. And situations like that won't be able to occur with a cryptocurrency counterpart to fiat. And so in, in that in that world, let's assume back in 2008 when they printed $4 trillion, um, there was cryptocurrencies instead. That means the banking infrastructure would essentially collapse and uh, we would have a new paradigm in, in that situation, which may, could be a bad thing. I don't know. Um, but at least it's more of a level playing field, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, just quickly, you know, uh, I, I'm keeping talking about like international payments because uh, we had some. So we are paying rewards for uh, forecasters uh, in uh, CD token, and we just had a quick calculation how it would like what would be the cost if we we had an idea to pay it uh, through traditional fiat uh, currencies. So uh, we are sending basically uh, several thousand of rewards per month. And we have calculated that uh, to do it uh, through like SWIFT or, or it's analogous um, through banks, we need to spend about uh, $100,000 per month just to just to do it uh, because we need to hire a huge amount of accountants who will do it. We need to work with uh, I see. Probably, uh, local regulations to be able to send, uh, I don't know, uh, like five dollars to Trinidad and Tobago, and yeah, without crypto, it would be just impossible. And, oh, I see. Yeah. So that's a good question. Um, so I'm assuming that on your platform, you have several nationalities using your platform, right? Americans, Russians, the Chinese. I mean, I'm assuming that you have a lot of diverse uh, community. So yeah. when when you're paying out Syndicator to these individuals for for their work or their contribution to Syndicator. Um, do you have to deal with any regulatory uh, framework for that? Uh, you know, n not really, because we, like, according to our, our rules, uh, our users do, like, most of the job on their side. For, for, for example, if you're receiving reward in Syndicator, you you have to pay like, tax, income tax or something like this. So, yeah, we are just sending crypto without dealing with much regulations, See, at least for now. I don't know how to. Sure. That's so efficient. Yeah. That's way better than trying to pay, pay, pay everybody yeah, just with fiat. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So let's go a little bit into um, the, the trading aspect. Um, so as an expert in the financial markets such as yourself, we're always discussing like technical analysis and whether or not they're a valid way to predict a price. So in your opinion, Odari, is technical analysis something that we can rely on as traders? Yeah, uh, this is hard question since there is a truly holy war be between supporters of technical and fundamental analysis. But I think uh, that the truth, as usual, lies somewhere in between. So 
If we are talking about particular indicators such as, for example, support and resistance levels or levels like um, uh, local or all-time high and low, I think they they are working because of humans' uh, psychology, because we are tend to uh, anchor uh, on round numbers or something like this. So I think it, it works, and uh, I, I've been thinking this. If we are talking about some, like, when, when a trader uh, adds uh, 10 indicators different on his chart and trying to make some money on it, I think it, it won't work because you you have to um, have uh, full, full full statistics for your strategy. And if you are using like 10 indicators, one of them will be profitable at the one moment, the second okay. will be not profitable. You will just mix it up. And so... When it comes to syndicators, so there's two aspects to syndicator. There's the crowdsourced prediction um, sort of engine, and then there's the artificial intelligence. So uh, we want to get into a little bit more of the artificial intelligence and how that works. So can you tell us, like, what sort, what data set does an artificial intelligence engine use compared to the data set that the crowdsource uses? Yeah, so... uh on the syndicated platform, we have a wide range of people. Some of them are uh, professionalized, some of them are amateur traders, some of them don't have any experience yet uh, with finance. Uh, so the range of data they're using is very, very broad. Uh, some of them using uh, techno technical analysis, some of them using fundamental analysis, some of them, uh, some of them using price action, use coverage, uh, or just uh, uh, raw intuition. Mm -hmm. So basically anything that an individual trader might uh, use to make a decision. And if we're talking about uh, just like quant trading algorithms or statistical, statistical models, they're using uh, price data such as open close uh, volumes probably uh, to identify some correlations. And some models are used, for example, in momentum strategies, um, so it means when an asset goes up, it's likely then to continue this move. And at Syndicator, we, uh, uh, our, um, our machine learning models use forecast from our users as the main input for, to create uh, a probability indicator for price or price events or other events. Uh, so we have check of each analyst, we have check records, and uh, so our models are taking into account, for example, their, uh, if somebody is good at predicting Bitcoin, for example, or if somebody is good at predicting reversal, trend reversal, uh, or if somebody, somebody is good in predicting, uh, I don't know, S&P 500 and and So some people could be overly bullish or bearish. Some of them could be consistently wrong, which is mm -hmm. actually good, uh, a good skill as well, because we can just record their predictions. Mm -hmm. um, all the data is helpful to eliminate individual biases for and come up with a good, uh, accurate prediction. So, uh, so let me dive into that a little bit. So when you're saying that you have a crowd of people and they're making predictions, some are good and some are bad. Some people are good at Bitcoin. Some of those are, are good in S&P 500. So does that mean that your machine learning algorithm starts learning like, hey, William is always making good predictions on Bitcoin, so I'm going to listen to him next time versus Ironman predicting something 
uh, that isn't that doesn't come true for the S and P five hundred, and the machine learning algorithm simply just listens to IMAN a lot less. Is that how that works? Uh, yeah. In fact, we have built uh, the years we have built about um, fifty models. They're different, so some of them are working uh, as you said. Some of them are working differently. Like for example, looking at people who is uh, predicting uh, the where like. So uh, for each uh, for each indicator for each question we give some time to, to for analysts to submit their prediction. Uh, so some of the models are looking only for them who is uh, predicting um, like who submit their prediction in the last ten minutes of this uh, time period uh, because they obviously have more information. Um, so yeah, we we. Um, we already know the statistics of each uh, machine learning model, so mm -hmm. yeah, we are obviously we are just ha have the best one that is using the best um, uh, forecasts and creates the best indicator in uh, in for each case. Okay. And uh, yeah, just quickly, I would add uh, uh, probably just uh, so um, we have started we uh, actually in two thousand. Uh, 15, we have started not only with, with financial markets, but also with different other uh, markets so or industries. So we, for example, we had questions about who is going to win Oscar or mm, yeah. uh, questions. Yeah, yeah. but we, we quickly realized that um, for developing our system, it's better to uh, focus on financial aside uh, because uh, in financial markets, we have really fast. Yeah feedback from the market so we can understand really fast uh, that this model or this analysis is good or not. And while for forecasting, for example, Oscar, we have to wait for once, yeah. several years. Right, right. And also there is obviously more demand uh, for financial tools than for predicting uh, beauty trends or something like this. Sure. But um, this technology and be, uh, can be able for these industries as well, but we are for now focusing on finance. And just one more thing quickly. Um, we recently, uh, we had a look at prediction markets and uh, we have used uh, our hybrid intelligence indicators for training on these prediction markets. Predi prediction markets is uh, when uh, basically you can trade the probability of uh, event to happen. Uh, so, and uh, we had uh, several months long experiment. We have completed uh, 20 trades and six of them were profitable with a huge profit of 90% of the So this is a, uh, another field where we can use this technology. That, that brings up uh, another question. I was uh, looking into Syndicator and I found some um, percentages on how accurate the engine is. And I was, uh, I think, I, I believe between 2018 and 2019, like the accuracy was above 70% in uh, a lot of the quarters. So if if the accuracy is above 70%, why would you ever bet against what the indication is for a, a given market like Bitcoin? Like why? So yeah. if, if it's that accurate, why would you bet against it? That's my question. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, we... we, we we um, right. We have such high probability, uh, such high accuracy. But in in the coming months, uh, it, it has dropped. Actually, uh, okay. if we are talking about average accuracy, we have more than sixty percent, about sixty-two percent of time for this, uh, which is, in my opinion, which is great because comparing to like flipping the coin, 
fifty fifty. It's it's much better. So you can actually you can use it and make uh, make uh, money from uh, from it. Uh, if we are talking about uh, betting against it, so there are some fields where hybrid intelligence as well as like just any, any forecasts are not I think are not really good. For example. Hybrid intelligence didn't uh, forecast uh, the probability of Brexit, so uh, mm. this think that there, there will be no, no Brexit. As well as, uh, I think ninety percent of analysts and traders back then. Mm -hmm. um, so for some like Black Swan events, uh, almost unpredictable events, uh, it it may not work. And we actually had a trade against the crowd in. Uh, 2016 on uh, Trump uh, uh, on uh, presidential elections. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So that, that's interesting. Um, I, I want to get a little bit into artificial intelligence. And so can you explain, like, when you have a crowdsourced prediction and, and then when you have an artificial intelligence, does the artificial intelligence essentially take the history of, of, the price of a given market and then just make its own prediction. And then there's a, there's a separate engine that takes both the artificial intelligence and the crowdsource intelligence and, and make a, uh, a, a call on, on whether or not, you know, joining the two pieces of information lead to a, a certain prediction or, I mean, like how does the artificial intelligence actually operate in, in this sort of environment? Yeah. So uh, we don't uh, for our, our machine learning models, we don't uh, take a look at, at the price itself because I think, from my experience, it it makes no sense. Okay. You can just yeah, you can just uh, take the prices of a given asset and uh, like uh, build them, for example, neural network and uh, predict future prices. It uh, there will be like overfitting and uh, it won't work uh, on um, out of sample um, data. Uh, so what we are doing in Syndicator, we are uh, instead of looking at prices with our artificial intelligence, we are looking at what people think about it. Oh, so, okay. So it's more like, like, a, like a sentiment. sentiment indicators rather than technical. Oh, okay. Uh, All right. Well, yeah, there's tons of technical analysis tools, really. I mean, a trader can apply their own knowledge by using technical analysis because, uh, like you said, it's it's just technical analysis is essentially looking at previous prices. True. Drawing support and resistance lines. The thing is, everyone's drawing these same lines, right? Right. So there's everyone's expecting the same yeah. reactions whenever a support or yeah. a resistance line is broken. Right. But yeah, this is something new. Like, yeah, being able to conglomerate the sentiment. So essentially, I mean? so let me give you an example. You're, what you're saying is you have the crowdsource using technical analysis to make a prediction, right? And then the artificial intelligence takes all the tweets, all the, uh, the blogs... And and uh, and gets a certain a certain feel of whether a price is is indicating going up or going down based on like the sentiment of that type of data. Uh, yeah, but we in, in Syndicator we uh, we have an extra layer of like humans of uh, yeah. uh, forecasters. Oh, okay. Who are so we we don't look at um, at any blog post to to make a forecast, yeah. but our forecasters are looking at different blog posts at different media, so they're looking uh, for different ideas, and we are just connecting to their. I see. Interesting. Using their own their own data. Okay. Well, that makes that makes a little bit more sense. 
So when it goes back to um, the actual technical aspect of artificial intelligence, did you guys build this from the ground up or are you guys using uh, open source software and sort of repurposing it for predictions? Uh, we, we, are, we have built it from scratch. Oh, wow. Uh, but we obviously have used, like in our artificial intelligence models, we have used uh, obviously also um, all known ideas. So we're just, we're just trying everything to, and, and just trying to see what will bring us more accurate, accurate prediction or more value. Because uh, it's not sometimes accuracy is, uh, is as valuable as, for example, trading profit made from indicator. Sometimes it's not, not the same story. Mm. You can have uh, medium accuracy, but you can make uh, higher profits mm. from it. It have depends on, on assets, for example, right? So, yeah. And on uh, uh, time frame, if you are forecasting, let's say one minute, uh, you can have almost 100% from the accuracy, but you can't actually trade it. If you are forecasting uh, years, uh, you can't actually forecast, I think, uh, have, have a, a good accuracy. So we have this balance of, most of our indicators are working for uh, f from few days to few weeks, and I think it's good from both trading perspective and both accuracy perspective. Hmm. Interesting. How frequent are these um, alerts? Like, say for Bitcoin, for instance, are you getting daily price predictions, or is it more like a long-term forecast for these uh, individual assets? Uh, like, yeah, we we have different, uh, completely different. Uh, types of indicators and completing the time frames we're testing everything yeah. so we have both daily daily prediction both weekly prediction and also monthly predictions yeah. uh, we're just testing everything and see what is working keeping it and cutting what is not working good and uh, as I already said not working good means not uh, not like low accuracy but accuracy close to 50 percent if accuracy is, is let's say 30 percent is a great result because you can just trigger it and trade it in the mm. opposite way. Yeah, the opposite, right? Yeah, I mean, any indication is 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 uh, information for 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 the system, right? Like, for example, if like if many people are predicting that the Bitcoin price is going to go down, and you have a different uh, set of like information, then you can just bet the opposite, and you know, then you're seventy percent accurate, right? But that's the thing, like every day, every day you're asking the community the same question, right? Like say for Bitcoin, for instance, you're, every day you're asking um, the community to give their daily price predictions, correct? I think we looked at it yesterday, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, the questions are sort of formatted like, uh, like, what do you think the minimum and maximum price of a certain asset will be between this certain time period? Right. You know, so that's that essentially is the, the data you're bringing in, you know, by by proposing these questions and then your machine learning algorithm, whatever it is, the secret sauce that you guys built is putting out these daily predictions, right? So each, each indicator is, is essentially, it's like a green or a red light to whether or not to purchase an asset or does it give you specific percentages of what you expect it to go up in price or go down? Yeah, it gives more uh, percentage of like probability. Oh, really? So for example... Yeah, it it depends of uh, it depends of different indicators. And what you said is actually we we just get a price, so like minimum and maximum price, uh, price prediction, and we have built some and testing some different strategies around it. For example, shorting at max price and 
uh, long at, uh, at love surprise prediction. Uh, we also have so-called binary uh, questions when we are asking a question like this, for example, will Bitcoin firstly jump ten jump ten percent or drop ten percent or ten or or, yeah. or uh, two percent, yeah. whatever. And we we have a pro probability estimate, for example, seventy five percent that uh, um, Bitcoin will first jump. So and after that, we are working on this and our token holders as well. Yeah. Mm. And uh, also, also quickly, sure. one, one, also major types of indicators is ranking. So we are basically asking uh, to rank uh, several coins um, based on their um, based on your um, forecast of their uh, re relative performance. So for example, we are asking uh, to rank Bitcoin, Ethereum, uh, Ripple, Coin, and put on the first place uh, assets that, in your opinion, will jump more, and in the last place, um, uh, an asset that will like drop or just jump uh, in, in in the jump uh, less percent. So, and we obviously can build a market neutral or quasi-market neutral strategy just uh, by the first uh, coin and short the last one. Mm, interesting. Um... One of the questions that I had was uh, for the architecture for Syndicator. Um, what what aspects of Syndicator do you believe needs to be decentralized? Is it is it the actual platform and the network, or is it the uh, are you basing decentralization off of like the crowd um, crowdsourcing of the of the predictions? Like, what what do you see as important to decentralize in Syndicator? Yeah, th this is a great question because we're still in debates about it. So uh, one of the main points uh, is the, the decentralization, decentralization of opinions. So mm. we we don't have any chats in uh, in our application. So we don't want people to talk to each other yeah. and yeah and influence each other opinions. Mm. Uh, we just trying to have their own opinions without any influence, and this is one of the the key points. If we're talking about, for example, decentralization of uh, um, application that we have, so for uh, right now we have mobile application, web application, and basically we are storing all the prediction on our centralized server. Mm -hmm. We we are thinking about uh, doing it uh, on a blockchain, storing it uh, somewhere on a blockchain, uh, but there come, comes some um, some negative sides because we have about uh, four hundred hundred thousand uh, data, data data points per month uh, i mean the data point is one a single prediction by a single analyst and uh, if we're going to uh, put all of this on a blockchain like uh, as uh, a separate transaction will have uh, half of a million transactions per month which mm -hmm. is great cost uh, to do these transactions so um, it's not clear if we actually need this right now or we can wait for some probably new blockchains with more efficient uh, fees uh, and more more scalable ones to come up and then probably we can do it mm -hmm. this is uh, something that we're still discussing yeah no that's a valid concern because if you decide to put the whole the whole network or the whole system on a blockchain then you're you're so, sort of held uh, handcuffed to the speed of the blockchain and then all the fees associated to that blockchain 
Um, And so, like you're saying, like if you have one prediction with 400,000 data points, that's not really sustainable for for a blockchain to hold all that data. And uh, so that that makes a lot of sense. Um, And it's probably not that important to to decentralize at least that aspect of it, uh, because if you have a backend system and and a database, I mean, that's going to perform significantly faster and much cheaper to kind of sustain than just using the blo- a blockchain to do that. So yeah, I, I, it makes sense. Like that's, that's a really interesting kind of like thing because the community, like when you're into cryptocurrency, everything is about decentralization and people don't seem to understand that not everything needs to be decentralized, right? Mm-hmm. There's only important aspects that should be decentralized, like the monetary aspect. Like if, for example, if syndicator was a currency that was centralized, that didn't use blockchain, that would be a problem, but that's not the case. But um, Syndicator, the platform is a central system, which is should be okay. And I think a lot of people don't really understand that. Yeah. So that's that's predominantly the reason why I had, you know, that question. But it makes sense that, uh, you know, decentralizing, um, like he called it, opinions. Because oh, for sure. To eliminate any kind of bias, essentially. Yeah, because if you had a chat, Everybody say, hey, Bitcoin's going to go up, and then all of a sudden, pe- people tend to agree. Yeah. And then everybody's predicting that it's going to go up. Yeah. So. I mean, yeah, From like I say, from my personal experience, it's, it's kind of good to go against the green for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, yeah, what markets tend to do is, you know, find the best way to screw the most mo- amount of people out of money. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, I, I don't know if if you agree with that, you know, because that kind of goes against what your, um, you know, sentiment analysis you know is is purpose for right you you want to go with the uh the 60% sentiment rule you know if if it's uh 60% accurate why would yeah like you asked before why would you ever go against that yeah you know what i mean but it's pretty easy to get like uh sentiment just from like you said reading reddit yeah looking at twitter yeah if you look at all these youtubers who are like you know they're all predicting like you know bitcoin's going to the moon yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? To me, that's like self sell signals when everyone's yeah. overly exuberant about something. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. So yeah. um I wonder if, if the artificial intelligence picks that up too. Like for example, if people are unnaturally positive about Bitcoin, yeah. Does the artificial intelligence say, you know, the human sentiment is probably too positive. So yeah. I'm going to Tell my syn- my uh, my syndicator audience to like, be cautious. Sell. Yeah, like, be cautious be, be about wary Bitcoin. of like human psychology. You yeah. know what I mean? People tend to get like uh, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah uh, we have started with the traditional markets. So when we just um, entered the script um, uh, industry, uh, we had forecasters who came with us from like, traditional finance, and they were more they were where uh, where Mm, how to say it? Not so optimistic as people who came from like from crypto about like, Bitcoin, etc. So yeah, we sure. see this, and uh, our great advantage is that we like we basically see everything. Uh, we have all the history of uh, all the analysts, so we can just um, we we see the, uh, people who stand to be too bullish, and we just don't take them in the main model. Um, yeah. So I have a question on on the actual contributors to the syndicator. So can you explain how an analyst on syndicator gains or loses points for a valid or invalid forecast? 
Yeah, so it depends from uh, types of questions. So for example, the most uh, one is a binary question. Uh, I mean, most simple one from the, from the point of view uh, of uh, rewarding uh, a forecast feature. So uh, if uh, um, we are, let's say we are asking a question, will Bitcoin rise to 10,000 till, uh, till the end of October? And you can answer uh, any percentages of your um, of your Asian, uh, how to say, it, um, if you if you're sure that if it will rise, you will put like 100 percent, for example, answer. If you are really sure, you you can put uh, 65 percent, etc., etc. And we are basically calculating if um, we're basically calculating the reward um, from the 50 percent. So, for example, if you have put 100 percent, and if you are right, you are getting 50 points. If you have put zero uh, percent, you are losing fifty points. If mm. you have put like seventy uh, percent, you are gaining uh, twenty points, etc., etc. Mm -hmm. uh, this is for these types of question. So basically, we have quite fair system uh, when you are getting rewarded by um, because of your just because of your accuracy. If you are accurate, you are you are getting points, and in the in the end of each month, you will receive. Uh, uh, significant based on your ranking. If you are not mm. really good, you will receive less syndicates or will not receive it. So yeah, interesting. Makes sense. So, uh, so then when an analyst is on your platform, they so the analyst that is only focused on Bitcoin can only do Bitcoin predictions, correct? Like that's that's uh, available. Yeah, but actually, um, we I think. I think we have to change the system a bit because right now it's more um, supportive for people who is answering almost all the indicators. And we had in, internal discussions, so we need to uh, to let people who forecast, let's say, only Bitcoin and that's it, uh, but do, do it very good. We should have additional rewards for, for this because you won't get a, a really huge amount of points if you are not answering all the questions. Uh, but you, your input is still very valuable, so we sure. have some rewards for this. So well. that makes sense. So, so what you're saying is, uh, like, <clears throat> we're 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 always talking about cryptocurrencies essentially in in this podcast, and we know that there's other markets out there that we don't touch simply because it's just not as interesting to us. So what you're saying is, uh, if we get into syndicator. Um, we're going to be getting questions that we we really don't know anything about, right? And what you're saying is eventually you're going to change the system to be like, hey, if you only like cryptocurrencies in this section of the application, you can just focus on making cryptocurrency predictions. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay, good, good. And be rewarded, you know, fairly or, or, or equally as other uh, analysts from other sectors, other markets. Yeah, so for now we have we 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 from the very beginning we have separated crypto and the traditional markets. So uh, we have like two separate challenges, two separate rankings uh, each month. Uh, yeah. So, but if we are talking about uh, predictions uh, in Bitcoin or, or or solely for Ethereum, we don't have this separation yet. Uh, but I think we need to probably make some new achievements for people who is uh, um, accurate on a single coin. I think it will be fair. Okay, so then, uh, so clients who make buying decisions based on this uh, hybrid intelligence output, um, I, I want to understand the business model for Syndicator. Do people make the 
the calls on the syndicator platform or are they simply extracting information that syndicator is giving them and then making a, a purchase or a sell decision on Binance, for example? Yeah, so uh, clients don't have to use syndicator app uh, at all. They have a separate application called syndicator edge and they are receiving uh, final indicators there. So syndicator app uh, is for solely for forecasters. So clients are, uh, right now the system works like this. Clients have to hold a uh, portion of uh, CD tokens. And while uh, they're holding it, uh, they're receiving indicators. And we have uh, different tiers. So for example, uh, for expert tier, which consists uh, the most uh, the most valuable, in our opinion, indicators, uh, you have to hold, as far as I remember, uh, seven hundred thousand uh, Cindy tokens. If you are just holding it on your wallet, you can connect it to Syndicator Edge or mm. just connect it to our Telegram bot and you will receive indicators on a daily basis. Okay. And yeah, basically. Um, so then the uh, the follow-up question is, basic, uh, just a quick question yeah. is on um, on how Syndicator makes uh, you know money, right? The business yeah. model. So yeah. right now, as an analyst, you have to spend, let's say, between 5,000 to 200,000 syndicators to have access to the, the platform. And, uh, but that's, those 200,000 syndicators don't necessarily go to syndicator, right? And they're sort of like staked. You, you pay the 200,000 right, and you have access, right? So what, what's, how does syndicator earn money then? Like if, if you don't use a platform to make the bet, like how, where does the, where does the income come? Yeah. So it's true that we don't have uh, much income from from selling indicators because we are providing access for those who are holding it. So we are not receiving this. Oh, okay. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, this is true. And uh, <laughs> we are testing some new uh, ideas around this to uh, ask uh, clients to pay, uh, to actually pay CD tokens for getting indicators. But we also uh, we also um, trade our own indicators as well, oh. and it's quite profitable. Oh, okay. And also that yeah, makes yeah, sense. Also, I was thinking about that. It's yes. like, well, why, why would you, if you guys are so good, <laughs> you can be a billionaire within a few years if you just keep following your bot. You know, that's that's yeah, that's pretty uh, oh, well, a smart that, way to make and money. And also, I, I, I can't share it right now, but we uh, we are preparing preparing something, in my opinion, really interesting to to have this system work in a proper way i mean there will be like more circulation of tokens from clients to uh, to analysts uh, so yeah i i think very soon we will uh we will show it to the world oh okay no so. well, that's that's exciting so that that makes a lot of sense because we we're wondering like how you know providing the service as accurate as it is you know we didn't really see a way where syndicator was actually earning an income but if you're using the information to to actually make you know the uh, the bets that you know that makes sense that's that's your income right because you're 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 basically on the same level playing field as everyone else as long as people are participating in terms of like staking syndicator then everybody has a level playing field in terms of you know earning you know uh, from these bets mm -hmm. yeah you know and we have telegram chat where some people their strategies for example uh one uh, long-term fo uh, follower of syndicator is uh, using uh, syndicator indicators for fiat market for company uh, earnings reports 
and bank options uh, based on it. And he's profitable for like several uh, seasons of uh, oh wow earning seasons. Uh, we we have so this is exciting for us. Oh, for sure. Else to, yeah. So uh, diving just one level deeper for the analyst, uh, what kinds of tools does Syndicator offer to the forecasters? To aid in their predictions, is there any um, any analytical tools on the platform that a, a analyst could use to help make that prediction? Yeah, so uh, um, one of our main goals is to educate and motivate people to make uh, correct and accurate uh, predictions. Uh, so sometimes we're issuing uh, educational articles and uh, videos for for our forecasters. Uh, speaking about user uh, user experience, we are trying to we are always trying to improve uh, UX for forecasters. So, uh, for example, since day one, we had uh, useful links uh, section in uh, uh, in a, behind the question. So you can just use the question. You can you can use links and see uh, links that our internal analysts have prepared for for mm. this question. Uh, our internal analysts are using links without any opinions uh, expressed in this. So, uh, as I already said, it's very important. So, for example, uh, there may be some info about this company or this token, but not someone uh, analyst, some I don't know, report or someone opinions about this token. And also, uh, we are adding uh, links to the, to, to the chart uh, for every financial question. And uh, recently, we have added uh, better, in my opinion, better uh, sub, better charts in the app. So you can, if you're forecasting from the phone, you can just turn it, uh, turn it down, uh, and you will see like a great, great chart, and you can put uh, your indicators, etc., etc. Et okay, no, that's good. I mean, uh, that's that'll be helpful because a lot of the tools out there they all cost money, right? And so if if uh, yeah. the yeah. tools that Syndicator provides are more than enough for anyone to make that prediction and inform prediction, you know, that's even a, a bigger benefit for the analyst. Yeah, you know, we, we, we had some conversation with analysts and uh, we obviously have financial motivation for them, which is uh, they can um, earn CD on a monthly basis. But uh, they are also speaking about uh, they are all speaking about um, educational part because it is important for them to mm -hmm. being able to uh, forecast the market without putting any uh, any money on it, and uh, so they can do it for free. They can learn the market, they can see how it works, etc., etc. And this is beneficial for them. We also uh, back then, like three years ago, something like this, we had an analyst from uh, uh, he didn't have financial experience at all. He was working in um, oil sector from Russia. And uh, he was just fascinated by finance and started learning. And uh, in a few months, he he became one of the top analysts. Oh, wow. He had no experience <laughs> at all. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. This, uh, this is interesting that we have, we actually have very diverse of, of people. We have uh, people distributed uh, uh, in, in different place in the world as already said in Trinidad and Tobacco we have 30 analysts which is surprising for me because it's a small uh, island uh, um, yeah so this is interesting because people have absolutely different background uh, they have a way to think about uh, different things and it's interesting to collect their opinions 
about some questions and to see how they how they think and how they evolve in their forecasting sure. skills. Sure, sure. Um, I have a question on how the system, how do you guys select the asset to make the prediction on? Like when, whenever you, uh, you go to the platform, there's a bunch of questions that, that, uh, that you're, 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 you're asking to all the analysts. Like, how do you, how do you select those questions for the community? Yeah. Um, it's, uh, nowadays it's uh, a job for our internal analysts. They're selecting the actual assets. Uh, previously, we were asking uh, our community what are coins uh, they want to get indicators. We are still asking it, but we don't have um, like we don't have um, a proper way probably to do it because uh, like we we're just uh, talking about in uh, in a different uh, talking about different assets in on Telegram chat. So yeah, our analysts are choosing it, but for most of people, uh, this is like top uh, top. Uh, Demand-driven, demand-driven, uh, and uh, or top two hundred coins for yeah. most of people. Okay. Yeah. So we, also, we 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 also had an idea that it's it's not implemented yet to let um, clients uh, token holders to pay for custom indicators they want to ask. It's not implemented yet, but we are uh, thinking about it. Oh, I see. So, so like, if you have a huge uh, hedge fund saying. Hey, I want to know what the price of you know Ethereum is going to be in in you know the next three months. They can go and and potentially pay to have the community you know go do research and have the community predict on the price of Ethereum in three months. Yeah, is that is that how it works? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, because now you have I mean you have like a bunch of clients who who have their own interests and their own kind of like. Um, areas of expertise where they want to gain like a just get a, a a market sentiment of a price of a given asset and so they can go and ask that question yeah. um so now that we kind of understand how like how assets are 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 discovered and and uh, asked um there's a prior interview with you on uh, about syndicator on environmental issues how do you see syndicator getting involved in like a uh, climate crisis for example uh, yeah, um, one of our key values uh, is to tackle the most pressing problems uh, of our world. Uh, we believe that uh, hybrid intelligence as a decision-making technology can be useful uh, and can be implemented in, in any sphere, uh, including uh, ecology and politics. And eventually, um, any any field with a high degree of uncertainty could uh, benefit from hybrid intelligence. Um, so um, we are speaking about environment, sorry, ecology, uh, we are planning to support uh, initiatives in this field, uh, but maybe it will be better to explain another, one of the another problems that sure. we have in our modern, yeah, in our modern world, uh, this, uh, when, when we can uh, do even better job, for example, financial inclusion for people, for unbanked mm. people, for people in many countries that don't have access to financial services. Mm -hmm. um, right now, there is a huge trend in uh, in crypto uh, called DeFi, and uh, yeah, and we talk about that all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, the, the quite interesting, uh, interesting idea that. Uh, um, people from unbanked countries, uh, 
may get the access to financial um, services through crypto. For example, um, get uh, a loan uh, on a maker, for example, make it down, mm-hmm. and uh, they won't be treated. Uh, they, I mean, the, the, uh, there will be no ranking systems uh, when a bank is uh, looking at you, at your job, at your family, etc., etc. And there will be no like I don't know how to say discrimination probably uh, sure, from, sure. yeah yeah absolutely decentralized if you put uh, enough uh, amount of ether you can get die so along and but there is one huge issue that I see that um, for using this kind of services people should have money they are willing to use for testing it they're willing to uh, using some a new uh, field that they don't really understand, and I think this is when um, our industry has some problems because uh, I doubt that they have enough uh, money to just test, sure. uh, make it down, etc. And this where syndicator may be useful in my opinion because we don't trigger uh, any payments from. Uh, uh, analysts, so anyone can just download our, our application and start making predictions and start earning uh, syndicator tokens or crypto. And probably mm-hmm. this could be a way for a uh, huge amount of people to enter the crypto industry. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. They may not earning. Yeah, that makes a lot of yeah, sense because they may... uh, it essentially what you're saying is, you know, uh, to to use a platform, it doesn't really cost any you're not really paying to to uh you're not really paying as traditionally as you would to gain access to it uh instead you are you're you're contributing to a community on on predicting on certain assets and if you're right you end up getting paid in c and d tokens and so that's how you would help um the less um uh the people who don't necessarily have access to a financial system was is that correct nodari yeah, absolutely. So people would be able to, first of all, they will have some crypto that they future in future will be able to change for other crypto, let's say Ethereum or Bitcoin and use it uh, for future, um, their future actions. And also they will have a necessary education about this market because to earn uh, something in syndicator, you have to be, uh, you have to submit correct predictions. So you have to understand right. something right. about the market. So I think this may be an interesting case for for our application. Hmm. Uh, yeah. No, that, that's uh, that that is interesting. Um, um, so, uh, what's the best way to to uh, gain access to the platform? Is it essentially going to uh, your website and 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 uh, connecting your wallet uh, with a certain amount of indicators? Or what's your recommendation there? How how do you get started? Yeah. So uh, a few months ago we. Have launched Syndicator Edge. Uh, previously, we, we had only Telegram Telegram bot for this, so you had to put your uh, Ethereum address uh, where you are holding uh, X amount of uh, Syndicator. You have to kind of confirm it through sending a zero transaction. And after that, uh, if your uh, coins are still in this address, you're receiving indicators in this bot. Interesting. And now we have Syndicator Edge uh, website. So it's it became more easier uh, in our opinion that uh, you can just uh, log into this website, connect any Ethereum wallet, uh, and uh, yeah, you, you you just need to have some CD. And now you can um, even don't use uh, 
centralized exchange like Binance. Uh, for Binkit, you can use uh, Kyber uh, network oh, nice. system, the centralized exchange, yeah, yeah. To, to, to just buy it from, from, directly from our website uh, using their widget. And yeah, and you will receive uh, indicators in this website, which is uh, quite, uh, cl quite clean and uh, beautiful looking. And uh, um, yeah, I think it's, uh, it's more, more useful for our, our clients. Have you received any uh, feedback from, uh, say, the top performers? Uh, how much are they actually earning? Uh, is it is it like a livable income? Maybe is it like a full time profession somebody could actually live off of, or is this kind of like some kind of yeah? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, that's a good good question. So we have right now we have, as I said, two main challenges: fiat and crypto. Mm -hmm. In fiat, we are paying uh, seven. Hundred dollars or something like this, and in crypto we're paying uh, on a monthly basis, and in crypto we're paying uh, one point twenty five bitcoins on a monthly basis. This reward is distrib distributed to uh, all uh, the the investors who have positive amount of uh, um, of uh, of points uh, during this month, and uh, we have um, exponential distributions of those who are on the top. Uh, they receive more, obviously, and. Uh, um, it's about, as far as I remember, it's about four to five uh, hundred dollars per month, which is probably not so high for countries like United States or uh, uh, UK, for example. Yeah. But uh, this is quite a d decent amount for for many countries. I think True. Uh, you can you, yeah. you know living from this amount. Yeah, and also we are uh, we have some additional challenges for. Our forecasters. We are testing different um, ideas, different indicators, different markets, and we are inviting uh, the best of the best. Uh, and uh, they have additional uh, up to, I guess, up to three challenges per month, and give them quite a good uh, financial reward as well. So, for example, one of our recent uh, ideas is to test uh, so-called crowd of crowds yeah is when we are not only uh, collecting uh, individual forecasts from individual people but we are firstly we are um, getting them into a group uh, let's say of that of five people and there uh, before submitting forecasts there they are able to talk to each other and after mm -hmm. that we're collecting um, indicators from uh, from these groups so like we have several groups and this is one of the uh, hottest, I think, topics in uh, in this area. Uh, yeah, we found it in one of um, articles, um, sure. and we are testing it. We had one, one challenge, which was very um, exciting for us, and we are now started the second one. And uh, yeah, speaking about rewards, as far as I remember, uh, like the 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 winners received about $500 each, uh, five people, $500, which is, uh, yeah, additionally to their uh, monthly rewards. I mean, that's is, that's, I, that's, a, that's actually a lot of money. Uh, I mean, if you go onto uh, crypto Twitter, everybody's making predictions like left and right. I mean, uh, if they end up being right and make those predictions on Syndicator, I mean, they can make some good side money on, on, on top of that. So, um, yeah. so Nodari, last question uh, of the day. Um, what, so I'm going to ask you this question and, uh, this obviously has nothing to do with syndicator. So, 
Um, I don't even know how much you can you can input here, but what are your thoughts on Libra? Uh, yeah, you know, uh, we actually had a report about it uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, our internal analysts have prepared. I think that uh, Libra would be beneficial for for crypto industry. I think my my personal opinion because we will have most likely we, uh, crypto exchanges will trade Libra mm-hmm. most likely. So I think uh, we will have a huge amount of new uh, people, fresh people. <laughs> who, who, uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, um, I don't know what, what will be the, re- the result of their um, discussion with regulations um, uh, authorities. But I, I, I really hope that they will do it because it will be short for crypto industry and for uh libra association as well because it's quite a scalable business again yeah yeah i i think from from onboarding uh people who don't necessarily know anything about cryptocurrency i think libra is going to do a lot there um i think from our perspective libra who who is basically um backing the libra coin with a bunch of fiat currencies um, could could affect like the financial ecosystem from a fiat perspective, and yeah. and I think that's and right now Mark Zuckerberg is talking to the the United States Congress, and uh, you know I've I've we've already listened to some of the questions and they've been pretty uh, pretty uh, malicious malicious <laughs> yeah yeah they're not really giving him any time to breathe, uh, but but yeah so uh, before before you go Nodari uh, is there anything that you wanna you wanna say in terms of like um, the the platform how many how many users are on the platform daily um anything about syndicator that you want everybody to to know that we haven't really covered yeah um you know we have uh, in total we have um, almost 150 uh, thousand analysts uh, registered in our platform obviously not everything from not, not everyone from them are making a prediction on a daily basis but still uh, it's, it's a strong uh, forecasters per day. I think this is quite a good good amount. But uh, one of my uh, um, probably goals or ideas that I have is uh, to increase this amount to let's say one million of forecasters, uh, probably with including some people who is uh, uh, located in a country that are not so uh, so used to crypto yet. So mm-hmm. I hope that. If we will be able to do this, uh, we will bring some more people to uh, to crypto, and we'll have some more adoption of uh, our industry. In how the world. many how many people do you think are into crypto right now, uh, global? Uh, I don't know. I think about one to two, two, one or two million, maybe people. Oh, really? I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah, because uh, we, we've uh, we've done some some uh, research, and uh, according to Coinbase. They have like 30 million users, and uh, and then wow. uh, so globally they're predicting roughly 45 million users uh, are into crypto. So that that is very very a hard number to to get accurate because they could be counting how many wallets are active. Um, they could be counting how many wallets were generated. So it's it's a hard number, but uh, I think you're right. I think once the bull market returns. I think getting a million people onto Syndicator probably won't be an issue. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, once people start trading again, yeah, right, like the greed, the greed. You know, comes back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tools like this. Yeah, who would it? Because I, I, I'm subscribed personally to uh, an individual 
who makes predictions in a way, like a, a trader. He's a professional trader. It's, it's like a Telegram chat group, and we all share ideas and, you know, come up with uh, our own indicators in a way. Right, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he charges a lot of money for this uh, membership. So <laughs> I, I think you guys have a potential avenue for revenue for there, yeah. for sure, that you need to explore, you know? People will pay good money for you know, yeah for access to information like this yeah definitely especially if it's proven and I don't know if you have um any kind of like historical display that can yeah sort of, sort of we, we do have yeah the only the only thing we don't have this on a blockchain uh, yeah. this is the only problem I think but we do have it uh, like on, on our Telegram uh, Telegram bot so yeah it's uh, it's a fair um, we have um, Two, almost two years of uh, fair data. I mean, fair uh, in terms of there was this data was sent to uh, thousands of people or even more. So okay. everyone was seeing this. No, that's good. Uh, we're, we're definitely joining that Telegram because we, we like to stay up to date on like on on all the trends on everything. Um, so Nadari, I want to thank you for uh, coming and, and joining us on on this podcast. Um, thank you. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Uh, it took a little while to get us together, but uh, finally did it, and mm -hmm. we're happy that uh, that you you joined us. Yeah, man, appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate the smile. All right, Thank we'll you. talk. We'll talk soon. Well, that was the interview. <laughs> yeah, that was it. <laughs> There's a lot of other stuff to talk about, but so what do you think, man? Uh, no, I, I mean, I'll be honest. Okay, should I be honest? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> like, should I? Before this interview, like, I, I was a little skeptical of like the the platform as a whole. Yeah. Just because of the whole, I mean, okay, yeah, let's be honest about cryptocurrencies, man. There's a lot of shit coins out there. There's a lot of people who were opportunists in 2017, like especially these ICOs and stuff. They were looking for, you know, there was a, definitely a lot of uh, money grabbing projects out there that on the surface, they looked like they had good intentions, but yeah. in reality, they're just looking for, uh, you know, money. Yeah, and and, raised, and to be clear, so so yeah. you're right. There's there's a lot of malicious, um, uh, I, I guess, ICOs out there. Yeah, but well, there was yeah. also a bunch of ICOs who had good intents. Mm -hmm. They just couldn't execute for because starting a company is just exactly. extremely hard, yeah. right? So they just failed. Not necessarily our scam coins, but yeah. you're right. There, there was it was so easy to scam um, during an ICO yeah. that I believe that there was more scam coins than there were like legitimate 100%. intents. One hundred percent. And yeah, Syndicator. I don't. I never thought they were a scam at all. It's just I. I Maybe they were, you know, they proposed this grand vision, but that's not true. They had like a prototype website, at least web application yeah. when they ICO. So I guess what I'm saying is that after this interview, for sure, it seems like these, this, this company is one of the, what, they, one of the trying. gems in the rough. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah, they're, they're not out here trying to scam just, anybody. Well, like out there, you know, on, on a yacht and just chilling, you know, <laughs> enjoying their millions that they got from the ICO craze, right? Yeah. These guys are actively, they're, they're thinking of new ideas, way, you know, new ways to apply the technology and stuff. And that's, yeah, that was very uh, reaffirming in a way. That's true. I mean, <clears throat> we, uh, uh, like, like you're saying, there's, there's definitely a lot of like scam coins out there, but this is definitely not one of those. Yeah, because we were talking about this off the park. I mean, a lot of the like, uh, people like me, like the general retail investor, we get our information mostly off of like YouTube or yeah. Google or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of these influencers in cryptocurrency are like, 
you know, the, the mainstream guys, the data dashes, the yeah. the, the Ivan on text, the Chico cryptos. You know, they these these aren't bad people, but they're they do a lot of hot takes. Well yeah, and then they're obviously they're businessmen at yeah. the end of the day. Yeah, they yeah. wanna get paid, right? Yeah. So a lot of the information you take in from them is is has like an obvious bias. So a lot of it, it's like paid chilling. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's not a lot of like non-biased sources out there for yeah absolutely for like like uh, evaluation like projects yeah. you know what I mean yeah so that, yeah we had like our own internal debate about this like yeah <laughs> if we get to the point where we're interviewing uh, more crypto projects like do we want to become one of these shills you know like, yeah it, it is it is a valid debate because yeah. it's it's uh it you're you're interfering with the bread and butter yeah and. Obviously, you you cannot do that because you can't sustain it if you can't get paid. Yeah. However, you don't want to be uh, a a shill man. Yeah. And just shill everything that comes at you with money. Yeah. And to be fair, like all these guys who I just name dropped, like they disclose before the video, they like do. this is a paid promotional video. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it's like. <sighs> Yeah, and this was not paid <laughs> in any way. No. We were genuinely having a conversation on yeah. trying to discover like how Syndicator works. Yeah. Why it's valuable. Yeah, exactly. Because I, yesterday, and, before this interview, I thought to myself, like, well, you could probably do this without a cryptocurrency. Yeah. You could, you can ask the same questions, build an application around it, and um, pay them in cash. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Pay yeah. the contributors in cash. But he brought up an excellent, you know, the overhead expenses for that would be, like, through the roof. Right, Your right, right. business <laughs> model wouldn't be sustainable because then you need, like, accountants. That's right. Like, money exchange. Regulatory. Regulation. Yeah. It's, like, not doable. So, if, yeah, for him answering that, that now syndicator makes more, a lot more sense. And I understand the incentive structure. Like, yep. you have to incentivize people to actually give good predictions. Like, yeah. you know, so I like the, the fact that he explained they, they give you a rating based on... Also, on your not just your predictions, but like your confidence in your own predictions. Yeah, like that's you have true. to put like I'm a hundred percent. I'm gonna get this right, you know. Yeah. So like, if you put a hundred percent, you did the work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would assume. Yeah, right? and because you don't want to lose points, right? And the other interesting part is that they they don't necessarily their their indicators are not paid for, right? You don't pay for those indicators. Yeah. I, I'm starting to think you should. But yeah. Yeah. If they're but, that accurate, then yeah. Exactly, yeah. But yeah, in their case, all but, you have to do is just hold their token. Well, now, Yeah, hold their token, and I think one of their business models should probably be a, a subscription service. People who like are- the expert tier. Yeah, yeah, people who are like- Who are not making calls. Instead, they're taking calls and saying, all right, syndicators telling me that Bitcoin is going to go up yeah. about, you know, they have an 80% confidence that's going to go up 10%. I'm going to make that bet. And that person making that bet is paying monthly for that service. I would 100% pay for it. Like I said, especially yeah. like I gave him an example. I'm, I paid $500 for a year membership. It's, it's just a Telegram chat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> and there's one guy who runs the chat. Like he's, he has a, a history of performance, right? Like yeah. he's, he's a young guy just like him, probably the same age, 27. Yeah. He got into crypto when he was like 21, 22. And like he's made millions, so it's like he he told his story, and he's like, you know, come bitches, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> come join me. You can make money too. You know, it's right. the, the easiest pitch in the world, right? Right, right, right. And to a noob like me at the time when I found him, I was like, dude, this is a no brainer. Right. I pay five hundred bucks, and all I need to do is make like one successful trade, and it pays for itself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Every every successful trade consecutive after that is like it's a profit. It's free money. Yeah. 
Yeah. You don't have to do any of the work. You just wait for him to tell you what to buy. Yeah. I don't even know if that's legal or not, but <laughs> it sounds like it might be illegal in the United States, but. Yeah, it does it's sound like, like it. It's like. That's not insider trading. It's trade. not insider trading, no. It's like definitely not. But I see the benefit. Um, yeah, this interview definitely uh, alleviated a lot of my concerns. For yeah. Sure, which is good. And I think that's what we need to provide. Yeah, and that's that's I, what I was going to say is that. Uh, yeah. I think there's there needs to be a certain level of integrity uh, when it comes to like talking to these different different cryptocurrencies, and we can't we can't go into any cryptocurrency assuming that there you know some sort of you know nefarious activity going on. Right? Yeah, you shouldn't. You got to give everybody like a chance. Give to, them a chance, even yeah. if you know, even if we were talking to BitConnect. Oh, let's shit. let's understand like yeah. what they were thinking, yeah. and maybe they had some uh, valid intent. Yeah. At the beginning, and it just well, let's say we into were like, let's say we had this podcast in like early 2017, and we were yeah. interviewing BitConnect. Yeah, like, what would you do? Like the 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 puzzle would align you know, in your head. You'd be like, "This is a scam." Would you call them out? On I the would. Spot? I would because yeah. you know this is this is a danger to society because there's so many people who <laughs> who spend so much money on these scam yeah. on these scams. Yeah, who think like it's like uh, what's that guy's name? The, the BitConnect guy that was screaming oh, at the conference. Carlos. Carlos Matos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, dude, yeah, poor yeah. guy. Like that guy probably doesn't understand like how these scams operate. Yeah, and well, because he was probably making bank at the time. You know, yeah, he's like this is the greatest shit in the world. Yeah, like why, why, why? Now it's doing it's this? different if you're into BitConnect and you know it's a scam and you're just trying to capitalize. Yeah. But but you're not a YouTuber who's shilling BitConnect because that's yeah. illegal. Exactly. So because you're incentivized. Uh, yeah. You, yeah, you're you incentivized. These YouTube channels. That's right. The more people who sign up to your link, the more money you get. Yeah. That's the fucking ponziest of all ponzi. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of like I was a little skeptical syndicator because they, they they do that thing where it's like we have sixty or seventy percent like oh yeah awesomeness yeah. But they're not doing what BitConnect did. They're not taking your money and like telling you you're gonna make a return. You that's know? true. That's so uh, to me, I'm like, this is safe. Yeah, that, that's yeah. absolutely true. Syndicator does yeah. not take your money. That's like that's the biggest thing. That's the biggest thing, really. Yeah. If they were taking your money and telling you, look, it's like we're gonna make a seventy percent return for you, and then like give it to you back or something. Yeah, like that. even yeah. if even if they had a subscription service, it's different than BitConnect because yeah. BitConnect saying. You give me a Bitcoin and I return to you three exactly. Bitcoins. Eventually. Eventually. Or like whenever you decide to cash out. Yeah. Or whatever the fuck. But in reality, we're just going to run and gun. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, you know, and we're not saying anything negative about sending, we're not by, like, correlating it to BitConnect at all. No, definitely not. Not at all. Like, this this is a legit um, service for sure. Like, I, I want to use this, not now. Because it's a bear market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm sure they have a lot of... I, I wish I, I should have asked them, like, how this bear market is... Is affecting them. Yeah, as, yeah. as a business. I'm sure it is, right? Because nobody wants to trade in this condition. But whenever it turns bullish, something like this is going to, like, sell, like, hotcakes. Yeah, you know no, I, mean? I totally agree. And, and the only reason why we brought BitConnect up is more about the integrity of what we're doing that's here. That's like us. Yeah, it's us. Yeah, like I said, and if I we, think that's if how we, we find a shit coin, we're going to call that shit coin. Yeah, like I, th- I think we should just like create some beef and some drama. Yeah, <laughs> and and let's say we call a shitcoin and we're wrong. They should come on to the podcast and explain why we're wrong. Yeah, true. right. It's really that simple. And and we don't hold any biases and we don't hold any like belief systems in any of these cryptocurrencies I, where I we cannot have, where yeah. we cannot be convinced that one's a shitcoin and one's a not shitcoin. You know, so. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just. I think that's the if, approach if, we should take to it for sure. Yeah. If we're wrong about anything, call us out. Like. Yeah. We're not afraid to be wrong. Yeah. Right. So, being wrong is 
or what's the acronym failing or the acronym for fail is first attempt in learning. <laughs> I have never fucking heard that one yeah. in my life. <laughs> first attempt in learning. I mean, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can see it. It's a very positive spin to fail, right? Yeah. True. Uh, so yeah, I mean, if we're wrong on anything, definitely call us out. Uh, it's, it's, it's a learning experience for everybody. Yeah, man. At the end of the day, like I really want like what we're doing. We, I want to build like a legit community of people. Yeah. Like we were kind of doing that in Decentraland. Like yeah. if you watch the podcast, we've been the last two or three yeah. months, we've been nothing but Decentraland. Decentraland. Yeah. And we're finally, I mean, we're not done with Decentraland. It's just, we're, we're taking a little break. Yeah. Game jam's done. Yeah. You know, and we're taking a breather. We're seeing, we're exploring our options, you know, t- taking a look. Like, there's a lot more to crypto than just, you know, our little bubble. No, absolutely. You know what I mean? I mean, there, there's so many, like, for, you know, we were looking at a, a video that was uh, maybe like two years old, and they were talking about yeah. um, prices when it was 2015. Yeah. And we saw the price of Ethereum in 2015 at 85 cents. Yeah, like in 2014, 2015, somewhere yeah, around something there. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And uh, so we don't want to make the same mistake again because these things operate in cycles. Yeah, for so sure. we we want to discover the next Ethereum. We want to discover you know all the new things that are going to be coming up. And one of the things that we're going to start diving deeper into is DeFi for sure. And even even Nodari brought up DeFi. Yeah, it seems like a no brainer, right? Like the emphasis on like you know banking the unbanked is like growing. Like yeah, growing sentiment in the crypto world because it's like an obvious well it's think an about obvious it. market that yeah because like people who are in first world environments they don't see the benefit in cryptocurrency in a way sure yeah. or not as easily as somebody who doesn't even have access to like financial yeah. absolutely infrastructure absolutely you know what I mean? so it's an easier sell to them so they're gonna be the more well and not only that i mean the benefit is not necessarily so much that they're acts they're they're ge- getting access to a financial system it's more of like there's a new participant in the market now that can buy products eventually. That can yeah, exactly. you know, spend yeah. money now. That's why Facebook is Oh yeah, they're so they're so heavy on this. Yeah, because they know they know this that is a way to honor billions of people like, yeah, exactly. into their fucking to buy play Farmville or whatever yeah, yeah. the fuck they're gonna do on <laughs> Facebook. But oh yeah, this dude, imagine they're building a a Decentraland competitor called Horizon, dude. Yeah. What do you think these people are gonna transact with? Yeah. Libra. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's gonna be their fucking VR currency. And it's important know? for them to use Libra because they don't have to deal with like fiat regulations exactly. going from, from one coast to another. Yeah, we're going to have to make a, like, we'll have cut this podcast and then like make a separate one or something. Yeah. <laughs> for, for this Congress oh, yeah, hearing yeah. or something. Like a reaction video. So maybe. I was thinking, uh, so strategy for that was maybe, uh, maybe we wait. Like highlights for the highlights, like on <laughs> sitting here for like four hours, sounds yeah. like a drag. Yeah, <laughs> like watching it. Maybe we should just watch it like leisurely, like, but but then we go and find some highlights, and then we we do another podcast on that. Yeah, or we just wait for someone else to chunk out, chop it up, you know, yeah. like yeah. make the highlights. I mean, that's what we did last time. Yeah, we didn't I mean, really see, last time it. I actually listened to the whole thing, and then I found like. The, the highlights on Twitter. Yeah, that's what you did. Yeah. yeah. You had like 10,000 windows open. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> little segments. Now, this is more interesting. This is the Zuckerberg this is himself, on, on dude. Libra. <laughs> yeah. I kind of <laughs> do want to watch the whole thing. But yeah. yeah, we'll have we'll definitely have a reaction to that too. Um, yeah. What else? So, I, yeah, I really enjoyed that podcast or that interview with uh, Nodari. Yeah, man, we need to get more. I don't know how, but, you know. We so, so we're going to try to get... Uh, 
what's his name? John McAfee. Oh, shit. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, we're going to try to get him on and shoot the shit with him. Yeah. And and, and also, we can have his uh, wife join as well, Janice. Mm-hmm. So talk to her about, you know, how she tames such a wild man. Lots of booze <laughs> and cocaine. Yeah. And lots of hookers and stuff. You know? <laughs> that guy's living. Dude, I don't know, man. He's, he's such a... Such a fucking character, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's unreal. Like, I definitely want to ask him about, like, how he... Because he was driving the market for a while in 2017. Like, for legit, the altcoin market. Like, he would make a Well, a he, call. Was, he was getting paid, too. Really? Yeah, I think so. By these coins to, yeah. for him to show? Yeah. I didn't know that. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we but can I mean, ask him, too. Yeah. And maybe and maybe that's just a, a, a myth that he was getting paid. And he can clarify. Sure. I mean, all he's, you know, he's probably going to say, no, he wasn't paid, but there's no. He'll probably say, yeah, I was paid. And, and what? What are you going to do about it, bitch? Yeah. <laughs> that's probably what he's going to say. Do yeah. something. I mean, he w- he was saying that he was going to run for president. Yeah. Oh, we can ask about that, too. We can ask, ask him, about him what that. he thinks about Trump. Yeah. Ask him what he thinks about Trump and Andrew Yang. Yeah. He's like, fuck both of them. He's like, yeah. I'm the real I'm president. The re- <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I run shit. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll try to get him on and, uh. And if not him, then hopefully we'll find some more cool people to talk to. Yeah. And if not, we'll just, you know, just central land it up. <laughs> whatever. Whatever comes to mind. For There's the, always something interesting to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. And if, but you're right. DeFi, though, dude. DeFi, we're going to get a deep dive in DeFi. Yeah, we need to, right? That's a good name for the, the actual podcast. <laughs> deep dive into DeFi? Yeah. Yeah? It's like a little rap bar right there. <laughs> deep dive into DeFi. Yeah, it'd be freaking cool, man. Like, if we can really deep, like you just said, get to the nuts and bolts of what this DeFi thing is. Yeah. Get some people in here. Like, what's the long-term vision? How? And if, if this thing if, is... If really bull runs are governed by, like, technical breakthroughs, DeFi is the only thing that we've seen that's close to a technical breakthrough. Yeah, my my only problem is it's not as exploitable as, as the not. ICOs were. Yeah, because I think that's what drives, like, mania. It depends. Like, Syndicator has their own Syndicator coin. Maybe these DeFi tokens have their own, like, maker. But they don't do anything different is what I'm saying. Like, the dot-com bubble was, like, exploitable because yeah, all you had to do is put... speculative. That's all. Exactly. That's all you need. That's all you need from these DeFi tokens to be speculative. Like, MakerDAO is speculative. Yeah, but how many of these can you really have? Like, the dot-com bubble, you could do... There's an infinite of like I'm gonna do shoes.com. Well, how many? All of a sudden, I could have a multi-million-dollar IPO. Yeah, but how I, many current? How many cryptocurrencies it. are exist that are just currencies? Like a majority of them. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. if you can have DeFi tokens in the DeFi ecosystem, there's different players. That's true. And they yeah. can have their own token, and that's that's why I never invested in like cryptocurrencies, like competing oh, yeah, against yeah, Bitcoin, because yeah. there's literally infinite. almost nothing. There's almost nothing. Unique about them, yeah, like yeah. it's like it's it's Bitcoin with like a little bit of a, a di- an alteration. Well, maybe it's like, the like Litecoin. It's two hundred and ten yeah. million Litecoins out yeah, there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I mean, it was so for me. I yeah, I, I stayed away from that because when I analyzed it, I was like, dude, how could you possibly predict which one of these like Bitcoin ripoffs is gonna you know moon? Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot easier to find like uh, platforms that were actually innovating in a way, you know, trying to actually solve scalability issues and stuff. So, I don't know. DeFi. We'll see, man. Oh, yeah. I, well, just, I, I just got an email from Nodari. It says, it says, Hi, Will. Just wanted to say thanks to you and I, man. It was nice to meet you. I really love the podcast and appreciate you having me. Kind regards, Nodari. What a nice fellow. Yeah. Nice guy. 
Thanks, Madar, man. You're killing it, man. You're only 27. You're freaking probably rolling in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You're doing good things out there. So quick update. Um, the markets are bleeding to death. That's yeah. Shit, man. Let's pull up a chart real quick, and then we'll wrap it up. And, you know, hit the bar and freaking drink my sorrows <laughs> away. <laughs> like, losing more and more money, dude. Doesn't matter, man. We're long-term hodlers, dude. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Where are we at? 74. Yeah, man, that's... I mean... Well, I mean, you, you said we were going down to 6,000 a long, uh, time, long ago. time ago. Yeah. And we're we're definitely approaching that, that mark. Yeah, more than likely, I guess, you know. But, yeah, there has to be, like, a turnaround around December, I'm thinking. Yeah, for sure. Around December. For sure. The, the uh, It's going to rally at least a little bit um, mm-hmm. for the happening. Yeah. But I, I, I think the, the real rally will happen post-happening. Yeah. Yeah, we were talking about this last night, man. It's like, let's pull up, uh, should we say that, like, that, that chart, that, that non-linear regression chart. Oh, yeah, chart, yeah, yeah. Right? Let's, let's talk about that. Let me see. Let me like when you look at this chart. Like I do this. Like it's like a ritual now. Like every quarter or something, I'll just look at this this uh, Bitcoin prediction chart just to kind of like feel good, <laughs> feel good about life. Feel like I I got nothing to worry about, dude. This this motherfucking chart is so accurate that like I don't even have to worry about the ups and downs. Like you know what I mean? Now look at the yeah the, the first one. I want I want that, to see an updated one. That is updated. There you go. Look at that shit, dude. Yeah, see, I look at this. This is like my hope. You know what I mean? For about well, ten years now, we have a ten-year consistency. So, so we saw it for, first. Let's let's give the story for this. Yeah, you sent me this video in uh, I don't know twenty eighteen. Like, like whenever I first found out you were getting into crypto. Yeah. Like, dude, Will. Like, I saw Will join Telegram. Yeah. And immediately, I was like, dude, Will's in crypto now. <laughs> I was like, dude, since when did you get in? He's like. Just now, man, it was like I bought like every shit coin imaginable <laughs> <laughs> at the top. Yeah, and, like yeah, I was yeah. like, dude, yeah. bad move, man. <laughs> and we were, um, <laughs> shit, that was like 2017, right? Like early 2018, yeah, something like so, that. So, but you sent me a video of of a dude of, of this chart in 2015, 2016. It was a guy named Tommy Rolled. And I'd like to get him on the podcast someday, actually. Tommy rolled powder or power? <laughs> Not powder. It's an energy guy, power. right? Yeah, he started energy. Yeah, I would we love to get him, him yeah, on yeah, the yeah. podcast. You know, I've been following him because he had a video that he he made a video with this chart. It was pretty much the, nothing but this chart on his YouTube And it was screen. missing from this section on. Yeah, because he made it in 2015. Correct. So he was like, you know, check out this data. Like, it, it's so far, it's, it's following this uh, curve perfectly. And then... I saw it in 2017, so then I, I looked at that point. If you could put the cursor on it, the 2017 point, yep. right there. What does it say it's going to do? It's going to hit 10,000. That's exactly what it did. I mean, it broke through, yeah. which it always does, right? Whenever it hits the line, it always breaks through a little bit. Uh, but you know what? You know what he was saying is that this uh, this this curve, it's um, it's regressing, right? It's a yeah, nonlinear regression, right? Yeah. And early on, the acceleration was high, right? So yeah. you had these, like... Extreme breakthroughs, extreme, extreme. Yeah, it gets smaller, and smaller, smaller and smaller, right? Which so is how it's supposed to go. Well, it's like for less, sure, less volatile. So the market, yeah. I I think what what I was I was gonna say was that once it gets to the end of 2021, which we think is going to peak like this and then start crashing for the next 18 months. Yeah, and that, that's kind of what I'm saying. Like it, it, it right now, but it's not gonna go too far beyond this nonlinear regression line. That's my point. Is that 
this is like a huge there's a huge volume here but but look the volume at, here is smaller yeah. and smaller and then this is like barely gonna break through but barely breaking through is like it's a hundred thousand dollars hundred fifty thousand yeah yeah like if it barely breaks through it could be a hundred fifty two hundred thousand like for sure like Bitcoin, every, like when it broke 10k, it took it like a week to get to 20,000. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And like I said, th that's just driven by retail mania, retail exuberance. Yeah. You know, the same exact thing is going to happen. Wh what we've been predicting around 2021, something yeah. like that. Um, yeah. I mean, the, this these are heartbeats. I mean, look at this. This yes, peak. Exactly. This peak was at the end of 2013. This peak is at the end of 2017. How yeah. many years is that? Four years. Yeah, you go uh, from here to uh, 2011. <clears throat> it's not four years, but that's because Bitcoin started four years before 2013. Yeah, right. So this peak compared to nothing—that's a million percent gain right there. Mm -hmm. um, and so what we're predicting is that we're going to see an, in four years another peak, and four years from now is going to be at the 2020 end of 2021. We're going to see that peak. Yeah, I don't think we'll have like a prolonged like. See that 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 crypto winter was because of uh, the whole Mount Gox debacle thing. Yeah, twenty thirteen. I don't think it'll be that long. I think it'll be more like more more shallow. I don't know. I think we're just gonna recover quicker. Is what I'm saying, or like become bullish a lot quicker. Oh, so you're saying? Well, I don't think it'll be like just some super long, you know, trough. So you don't think it'll be this long? Like I don't this think is. So. I mean, the bear market here was really two years long, 2013 to about 2015. Yeah. If that's the case, then we have another year of bear. If it was going to... Which... I don't think it's... Uh, that means if if we, if we were to continue so to this bearish trend... Let's like let's move this to... Uh, this is 2017 right here. This this mark right here. Okay. It's We've spent 2018 in a complete bear market. We, yeah. we hit the low point, and okay. now it's starting to recover. Yeah, that's true. I guess this chart isn't like completely up to date, so... So 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 let's move 2017 this point here to okay, this point. Okay, yeah. So I, it are, it pretty much has been a two year bear market. So yeah, exactly. So That's it, what I'm it'll saying. It'll take another two years of bullishness. Exactly. Yeah. So it's about to start because if if we're correct in our interpretation of like what this market represents, it's kind of like it's it has a rhythm and flow to it yeah. based on this happening. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I mean the price has the, to start going up pre-having because it always has historically. True. You know what I mean? And if it doesn't this time around, there's yeah. something wrong. <laughs> the the last having was in uh, 2016. And, and yeah, so your bullish right trend is beginning. That's when the it, market It begins reversed. before that. Yeah. But here's the thing. It begins before that because people are anticipating exactly. And perhaps we may not see uh, a a bullish trend towards the next having just because people are a little bit more savvy. And so there might be a, a much higher uptrend after in my opinion, just because people are already anticipating it. Yeah. Like, for example, <clears throat> when our prices went from 3000 to, like, 14000 that's already taking into account the happening. Yeah. And so right now, there's not going to be – you're not going to – I don't think you're going to go much higher than 10000 in the next six months. Yeah. That's that's my opinion. Uh, I do. Because I think <laughs> that – I think this, but the range between 6000 and 10000 is already accounting for the happening of it. That's well, wait, sort of it, like it what peak, you were saying it, it before. Uh-huh. Sort of like what you were saying before. Like, um, you're, I, I think when, uh, when we were going through this little bull run here, like you were saying that it, that bull run is happening because it's taking into account the, the happening event that's coming up. Yeah. That's, I, I was like, you know, it's priced in. That's, that's what's driving this exactly. parabolic growth. And right? so now what once else? we get closer to the happening, yeah. you're not going to see prices beyond six and $10,000. You'll start breaking that point once 
after the happening. I think we're going to see like a slow uptrend. When is it happening? In May or June of next year? May May 2020. I'm going to predict we're going to get back to 14,000 before then. And then then it's going to dip back down to like sub 10K. Nope. And then we're going to take off from there. That's exactly what happened before. Shit is not happening the same this time. Yes, it will. <laughs> no, no. At the end of the day, we have no fucking idea, right? Maybe we no, should get I, on syndicator. No, I know, but this. we're we're saying this so we can have a record here. <laughs> okay. All right. So, so you're saying that it's before the happening is going to go around the range of fourteen thousand. Of because that's the peak of this uh, that parabolic run up. Yeah. You know, it's it's not going to be parabolic. It's going to be a slow uptrend, I think. So then, just to keep things simple, my prediction is we won't see fourteen thousand until a little bit after the happening. Sure, you know, just so because that's like we're we're arguing about like maybe like a month or two difference, you know. Uh, yeah, because like I'm saying, it could hit 14k and then it's gonna correct from there. And you're saying it's just not gonna do anything. It's not gonna do anything until after the happening. Yeah, but that's never happened. Always prices always go up. No, I know, but people are savvy now. That's what I'm saying is that it's not gonna happen because people know that the yeah, price but just, just because people know doesn't mean people aren't gonna buy into that speculation. That's what people do. They speculate like they're all thinking the same thing we're thinking. We're like. So it's like self fulfilling in a way. It's yeah, like, you know I mean, it, like, it. My prediction would be wrong if we get like a hundred million people into crypto before the happening. Then you're you right. You don't need to get a hundred million people into crypto. If fourteen thousand, we were there a couple months ago. We're not at a hundred million people. Uh, it's literally we're just going back to where we yeah, were a but, couple months ago. But the happening is such a like a large speculation event. It is. That's it's gonna like attract the only people. one really. Yeah, so only one really. I don't think it's gonna attract more people. Like it. People are going to come in whenever this thing like naturally passes previous all-time highs. Because then the, the media is going to start making headlines about this thing. Oh, shit, Bitcoin well, broke the 20, headlines, But the headlines for the happening is going to be huge, too. No, it's not, dude. Yes, it is. No, it's not, man. Do you think like the average retail trader gives a fuck about oh, the happening? Oh, hell yeah, No, dude. they don't. Hell I'm yeah. telling you right now, dude. The average retail <laughs> you, you guy want to know why? Care. You want to know why? Because it's an actual event like yeah, Bitcoin but, is dude, going through. Try explaining that to the average retail investor. They're not even going to understand what the happening means. People in crypto right now, they, they'll know crypt- what that means. People in crypto. Yes, that's what I'm saying. And then, dude, think about so it's it like from from the retail perspective. If you if you know an asset is going to be constricted, at May twenty twenty, but they don't know is what I'm saying. But the, retail investors they don't get sold on like technical shit. They get sold on hype and like that's the bullshit. hype, dude. That's you, the hype. That, that hype's been around though, man. We we all Bitcoin is now it's it's the inflation rate of Bitcoin is now less than the United States inflation rate. That's yeah, a big. Yeah, yeah. That's a huge headline, dude. Yeah, it's a headline for like any common person to understand. It's like, wow, Bitcoin is being constricted more, so it's it's a buying time. No, I mean for sure people will trickle in. I think, but I don't think the masses will show up until the masses react to price. They don't react to fundamentals. They don't react to you know. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. All they react to is like money on the screen. Yeah, but the thing is, like, we've already have history of Bitcoin being twenty thousand dollars, which is a lot of money. Yeah, and so people once they hear, well, Bitcoin was at twenty k. Bitcoin's being constricted now in May twenty twenty. That's that's a buy signal for every like common folk. <laughs> no, it's no, dude. I don't think I think you're over. Uh, but here's the thing. So you're, even you're having, giving the common folk too much credit. No, I that's like, no, no, yes, no, dude, no, no. As no. as cynical as that sounds for me, that's not too I, much credit. Yes, it is. That's man. like the most basic like uh, economy one hundred one. <laughs> Dude, but like, no, because I was around in 2017. I remember like what people were saying. But in that's that the time. thing. That nobody was, a, was. That was 2017, dude. Yeah. People are like, 
they understand a little bit more about what's going on. No, dude, they don't. The people who <laughs> <laughs> the people who are still here, the you and I's yeah. of this crypto world, like we're not going anywhere because well, because we understand. Yeah, we understand. Like in moments like this in bear markets, this is where the money actually gets made. Because if you're buying now, you're the future whales. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah what I mean? for sure. But the people who caused that 2017 uprise, they're gone. They're long gone. It's not like they're keeping up with this shit, dude. They're, they're, they're just, the money left, so they left with it. You know what I mean? So they're going to come back once the green light is on again. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> That's the, it's like, it's just psychology, man. It's crazy. Yeah, but we, so did you predict that we were going to see $14,000 like recently, like two months ago? Did I predict that? Yeah. Fourteen thousand. The answer is no. You didn't. <laughs> Not that fast, but I, I I thought we would get there by like the happening. That's what, that's what I'm saying. Oh like yeah. Fourteen thousand. But that's what that's that's what I'm saying is that yeah. the fourteen thousand price that we saw has yeah. already taken into account the happening. Therefore, we're not going to see any price price fluctuations beyond ten thousand dollars roughly mm-hmm. until after the happening. Yeah. That's that's what I'm trying to say. I, it could happen. I don't know, but yeah, I see what you're saying. It doesn't really matter at the end of the day. What really matters is where Bitcoin's going in the long term. Well, I mean, these are just it like only matters short term ups and downs. Well, it I mean. only matters is is for us trying to get more Bitcoin. That's what I'm saying. Like we need to be buying now. Like, yeah, yeah. Right now, <laughs> damn. Right now, seventy five hundred dollar Bitcoin. That's it's not pretty bad. Good. Yeah. Like I, if it goes down to six thousand, you didn't lose that much money, and you're still. You know, you're going to reap the benefits soon. Yeah, I think like the upside is way greater. Yeah. Like, saying that sounds crazy. Yeah, it does but, sound crazy. But because that's why I keep looking at this chart. Well, know? and then I go back to yesterday when we were watching that video of Ethereum being 85 cents in yeah, 2014, exactly. 2015. Ugh. It's like, you know, we're wondering, like, what, what what were we doing? Why were we sleeping so hard <sighs> on an 85 cent, you know, Ethereum? In the future, when it's like 2023 and and, and the bear market price of Bitcoin is like, a, you know, $80,000. People are going to be looking at our video at an $8,000 Bitcoin and wondering where the hell were they? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was saying. Like by like 2030, we're going to have like 50% global adoption of cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin and yeah, all yeah, this yeah. stuff. Yeah. And they're going to be, this chart right here is going to be filled out all the way to 2030 or whatever. And yeah. you're going to see these beautiful rhythmic yeah, these, heartbeat. These beats and it, everyone's going to say to themselves, like, how did we not see this like yeah. happening or like. You know, it's it's like the most uh, the easiest predictable yeah, like yeah. market of all time. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> if you're paying attention to it, is what I'm saying. Yeah, like you know, it does it just repeats like every four years or something. I don't know. We'll see. Right now, again, we're, we're Dude, speculating, but that's, we're, that's we're, what we're, we're supposed we're to. We're gonna do. be on the money, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> it's like I mean, <clears throat> I always go back to that video you sent me. It's like this guy. So this was two years after the video was made, and. Part of this information was filled in, right? It was only up to like I think 2013 or some shit, and uh, and then we were and we were looking at this in in 2018, and exactly what he thought was going to happen happened, just yeah. because of this linear regression curve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes sense, man. This is like the adoption curve too, and like all the signs are there, man. We got Zuckerberg testifying yeah. right now in fucking Congress. Yeah. Who would a year ago? Who would have seen no. this coming? Nobody. Nope. We got Mark fucking Zuckerberg in Congress, like, fighting for cryptocurrency. Like, you know, yeah. he wants regulation and all this stuff. He's, <laughs> he's fighting for the community, like Dari said. It. I think also it's good overall. Yeah, it is good overall. Because it, it's, it's now the government is, like, forced <clears throat> to pay attention 
it's the market. Yeah. You know what I mean? They got to actually regulate and et cetera, et cetera. And the, then we got Peter Till making $200 million investments in, in like Texas. Bitcoin miners and shit. Yeah. Like, dude, these are tech titans. These are Silicon yeah. Valley titans. They're getting into the crypto space. Yeah. The, uh, the only thing I was going to say was that the only way that we might be wrong here is that it might take a little bit longer. Yeah. It might be 2020, like mid 2022, we, we see $150,000 Bitcoin. Yeah. But that's about it. It's yeah. still going to hit it. We just, we can't know exactly when. Yeah. And like, yeah, we don't know what that next Ethereum is going to be. Yeah. Like I said, like, we can kind of, we can like dissect what, what made Ethereum mania happen. I think we need to like come up with like a ingredients list. Like what, why did the ICO craze come about? Yeah. And then try and identify something in the future. Maybe it hasn't been created yet. I don't know. Like the next speculative bubble. What I'm yeah, I think the ICO craze was the ability to do a crowd sale from using cryptocurrencies, and it got out of control. Yeah, it goes like literally anybody could just <laughs> make a currency, create their own token. Yeah, a speculative token, you know, which is of course people are gonna fucking do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? I, I think you know Chico Crypto's right. I think a technical achievement is gonna contribute to a, a huge bull bull run. <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. Either way, I think Bitcoin on its own is is just gonna. It's gonna. Like I said, it just does what it does. If it, it's a rhythm, it's got a rhythm and flow. And as it progresses through this rhythm, it's just gonna bring in more liquidity to the market because yeah. more yeah. people are gonna be buying Bitcoin, chasing that trend, that historical trend that it always repeats. And then naturally, organically, alts are gonna flourish again just from the added market yeah. cap, right? Absolutely. Just, but not all of them. I don't think like. Know, projects like Syndicator and stuff like that, the ones that are actually doing something will probably benefit the most. But who, who knows? We might see like an ICO 2.0 craze. Maybe ICOs aren't dead. They're dead for now. But like maybe when the bull market returns, all of a sudden like people want to start reinvesting in ICOs again. Yeah. But yeah. they might just have like higher standards. Like you need a prototype this time, motherfucker. We're not buying your white paper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because ICOs, it's not like it's some sort of like flawed model. You know, ICOs are still valuable, I feel. Yeah, yeah. For crowdfunding. No, I, token, I totally agree. Token distribution, all that it's stuff. It's still useful, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, anyways. Yeah, no, yeah. It, I, I totally agree. I think uh, the ICO phase is going to be constricted only to the extent of requiring a prototype. Yeah. Uh, I think it'll be more regulated, obviously, in the United States. It'll be just like the IPO mania was in the dot-com bubble. We're going to have U.S. regulated exchanges, Coinbase most likely, Binance yeah. USA, et cetera, et cetera. And then they're going to be only IEOs. Yeah. Then maybe Americans can actually invest, but probably not. You probably have to be an accredited investor. Fucking bullshit. <laughs> what is that? Dude, look at that. Oh, yeah. Now, this is a completed uh, nonlinear regression curve. Yeah. And the price here is at $7,000, roughly. Yeah, see? Looks pretty, right? Dude, this is, this is beautiful. Yeah. We'll see, man. We'll see. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we make it. Will <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day. Oh, shit. either way, yeah, we're gonna keep this podcast going for sure. Cause, yeah, uh, we're not making any money. Obviously, we've been doing this for what almost eight months now, or something like that. Seven months. Close, something close to that. Yeah, yeah I don't, I don't foresee making money anytime soon either. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun. I enjoy it. Yeah, I, and it, it keeps us like up to date and like forced to like. Yeah, because just we watched that same video they were talking about Tom something. Tommy rolled power. Yeah. And, then, yeah. and he said that, uh, so he was the one showing these these charts. And uh, he said that when the $20,000 run-up happened, he wasn't really paying attention. 
And so he yeah, missed. He, he got distracted. Yeah, he missed means. the top on exiting. He probably was like fucking around with chicks. That's <laughs> <laughs> like the biggest distraction in the world. Dude, yeah, that yeah. fucked me over. <laughs> like I got hella distracted by women. <laughs> it's like, God damn it. Like I missed my cell signal, damn it. I was like out on a date or something. Right, right. But, so, yeah, I mean, it's easy to miss this stuff because once it breaks $20,000, like all bets are off. It could, it could do anything. I think, yeah, it's just going to do what it did. Yeah. Do what it always does. That's what I'm saying. It's like so hard to <clears throat> to fathom now because it hasn't happened yet. And it just seems so obvious and like easy. Yeah. They're like, it, there's no way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's no way it's just going to keep doing it over and over and over again. Right. So you, naturally, you want to be skeptical. Right. Right. Yeah. But yeah. So uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter at The Block Runner. And um, for those listening, go to our YouTube channel, subscribe, like. Yeah. And we're still working on comment. Oscar's still over there developing Metaverse. Yeah, Metazone. Uh, sorry, yeah, Metazone. Uh, Metazone.io. Still going to contribute to the Adventureland ecosystem. Still a hard believer. She's just going to try to not talk, talk so much about yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not as much, you know. Unless there's a new contest coming. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. So uh, we'll see you uh, next week. Yeah. All right. All right. Peace. Out. Thank you for listening to the Blockrunner podcast. Make sure you visit our website, theblockrunner.com, and sign up to stay up to date on the latest in crypto. Also, reach out to us on Twitter at theblockrunner. And that's that. All right, Nodari, thank you very much, man. I appreciate it. Thank you, thank you very much to you uh, for having me. It was it was great. Yeah, I, I, I did. Is this really. is this uh, your your yeah. first video interview? Because I searched for your name uh, in a couple of places and I didn't find any videos of you. Yeah, it's a second one. Oh, it's the second uh, one. I, I had yeah, I had the first one in February uh, okay. this year, but uh, I'm not, I'm not so so good in English yet. So uh, oh. yeah, the first one was Dude, I think it, you're really good at English. What are you talking about? <laughs> Thank you very much. The, um, the first one uh, is was not so good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey, how old uh, yeah. are you, man? I, I, I'm not just a public person at this yeah, yet, yeah. so yeah, I'm just learning. Uh, how old are you? Just, just curious. Uh, 20, 27. Oh, damn, man, you're young. Yeah, you're you're young, young man. man. You've been in this game <laughs> early. Yeah, man. like shit. <laughs> that's impressive. So, do you recommend people uh, become traders? Is that like a or do you think that traders like they have to have like a specific personality to be a trader? Uh, traders is is a pain. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, especially sure. right now yeah. in the in the yeah. uh, bear market. Yeah, but but yeah, for me it's uh, it's a pain, but I, I I really love this because yeah, it's it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think for for people who who want to become trader, they they should start to work on the, themselves. I think trading is work against you. I mean, um, you're your own you worst enemy. Yeah, you have to understand yourself, your mind, your cognitive biases because it yeah. will affect your trading. If you That's if so you true. have like kind, if you don't know hindsight, you will always be right and always be wrong. I mean, right. yeah, I knew that uh, I had to short uh, Bitcoin at uh, to twenty thousand and rebuy it. At yeah, yeah, 10, yeah. But yeah, yeah. But no, I think it, it's interesting. Yeah, because uh, 
I mean, we were so so. I man here, he was uh, he was into uh, crypto. Uh, I would say maybe like six months before the twenty thousand dollar run up, and uh, I mean, he made he made pretty good money. Uh, yeah. But but we didn't recognize the ups and downs were so drastic in in the cryptocurrency that I, I ended up just holding my my bag all the way through this bear market and mm-hmm. and I'm going to continue holding until we get back to uh, uh, twenty thousand dollars at least. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So have a good. Sh- that's a good strategy, right? <laughs> just holding. Just keep hodling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. So. Uh, Thanks again for for joining. We really appreciate it. Let's stay in touch, and uh, we want to have you back on um, pretty soon oh. just to talk about some updates. And uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully. I, I hope we will have some in a few months. I, I really hope. I'm not sure if I will be able to to talk about this, but we'll see. Oh yeah, for okay. sure. Yeah, of course. Only talk about what you can, and we don't want to really expose anything you're not supposed to. So. Uh, we really appreciate it again, and we'll talk soon, man. A, a quick question before you leave: uh, How? Thank I, you very much. I know you have a lot of job responsibilities, but how active of a trader are you right now, individually? Um, do you still trade at all? Yeah, you, you know, I, I've been stopped trading for one, but I started trading again uh, since I think uh, the, the latest bull run in uh, in May or something like this. I started pretty actively trading. Okay. Yeah, so I have about like one trade per 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 week it's not so much but mm-hmm. considering uh, other it's, it's, yeah. and do you do you only we have trade uh, in uh, crypto only have, yeah current currently it's crypto only but we also are testing uh, our earnings indicators so also fiat but yeah you know when i came to crypto like two years ago i almost stopped trading fiat so i i don't even know what is happening <laughs> anymore. right okay cool well then i guess like you know, whenever crypto starts popping again, you know, we we can have Najari come on, yeah, and give us some uh some expert analysis. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we need we we need more people like you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, I don't know what the Thank word you. is. Just to, yeah. yeah. All right, man. Take All care. Right. All right, we'll talk later, man. Thanks. Bye. 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 Bye.